are going to be doing a, a new series today, um, and it's in the book of James. Um, and if you have your uh, Bibles, we're going to be looking at uh, the book of James, and we're going to be doing this series for the next um, uh, however long it's going to take to um, to complete this uh, this book. But it's a great book. It's a great uh, background. To it's a great uh, I think practical things that we can do as as people um, in our faith and our walk, especially in the times that we are in right now. Uh, amen. Um, and we're going to be looking at verses um, James chapter one, uh, verses one through twelve. But I just want to give you before I read, I just want to give you a little background on James. James was the one of the brothers of Jesus. Um, he was. Some believe that he was. Um, uh, they, they believe that he was the leader of the Jerusalem church. Um, the Jerusalem church meaning the, the Christian church. Um, after Jesus had ascended back into heaven, he, he was the head of the church there. So he was one of the main leaders there um, here at the church. So, um, at the Jerusalem church. So what he did was, is that he was the one who wrote this letter. And this letter, they believe this letter was written somewhere in the early 40s uh, A.D. Um, so, um, and it was a time where there was persecution going on. A time where there was difficulty going on and the, and the Christians in the Jerusalem church were scattered abroad. And we're going to see that as we get into this passage. And they were experiencing persecution because of their faith in Christ. And so they were going through difficulties, they were going through trials. Um, and James is going to address uh, these believers. They, they were Jewish believers, um, as a Jewish uh, flavor to Jew, Jewish Christians who um, had put their faith um, in Christ. And so he has a, the letter has a Jewish flavor to it. So he's going to share with the, uh, the, his people, his hearers, what they can do in the midst of their difficulties, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the persecution, on how and on how to live their Christian lives as uh, as believers in Christ. So, um, and we do know one thing is that James was uh, martyred for his faith in the early, the, uh, historians uh, believe that it was like in the early 60s A.D., like 62, 61, 62, 63 A.D. So, um, they believe that he was uh, 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 martyred because he of his faith in Christ. So let's go on here, and then we're gonna we're gonna do is we're gonna read our scripture, and let's get into our passage. James chapter one, verses uh, one through twelve. Read along with me. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who were dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. 
But the brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his high position, and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation, because like flower and grass he will pass away. For the sun rises with a scorching wind, and wither and withers the grass, and its flowers fall off, and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So too the rich man, in the midst of all his pursuits, will fade away. Blessed is the man is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And may God add a blessing to the reading of his word. And we're looking at three specific points here this morning. Uh, endurance, wisdom and faith, and perseverance. As we, more than ever, I think more than ever as, as believers in Christ, and during our times even right now, we are facing uh, difficulties like we've never seen before. Um, 2020 has been a tremendously difficult year for many for many people. Um, and it's been a, a time where it's, people have struggled with their health, with, um, with finances, with medical bills, with, with, um, with uh, provision for home and for, for clothing and, and whatever else, daily necessities in life. And it's just been a very, very, very difficult struggle uh, emotionally for people, having to be inside and be able to not have fellowship and not being able to have um, that uh, social relationship with people on a live basis. That's why I'm so glad we're able to do it now. So a lot of us, have, it's been a struggle for a lot of us. And I believe that as the scriptures are going to teach here this morning, is that James is going to address some of those difficulties and those trials that we face as believers, as people um, in Christ, who are struggling with the difficulties and the things that are going on now in our in our time. We, James is going to he's going to talk about the need to endure. He's going to talk about um, having wisdom and faith. He's going to talk about perseverance under trial and what that means. And we all do. We all need that. And so James is going to address those issues uh, here this morning, so that we can learn and begin to uh, be people who are resilient, people who are being able to overcome um, and persevere and be able to be people who um, go, go on in their faith and their walk with the Lord. Amen? So we're going to be looking at our first point, uh, endurance. Uh, that's going to be looking at James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. So follow along with me. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So James, we see, was the leader of the uh, Jerusalem church. And at the church, um, he was, he could, even though he was the leader, he was a pastor, he was a senior leader here, he considered himself what? A bond servant. A bond servant was someone that gave themselves over totally to the service of the other. And so who is he a bond servant to? He is a bond servant to who? To the Lord Jesus Christ. And so his service, he was totally and fully committed to being in service to our God and to our Lord. Um, so he was fully given over to do whatever um, God would have him to do and however God would have him to do it. And so that was his commitment. That's how he looked at himself. He did, because he was a pastor, 
of the church because he was a, the leader of the of the church here in Jerusalem, uh, one of the main churches at this time. That um, that he didn't look at himself as all high and mighty, but he looked at himself more as a servant, a servant of the Lord, and so therefore not only a servant of the Lord but a servant to God's people, and that's so critically important because as a leader. Um, having a haughty attitude or having a prideful attitude uh, does not get us anywhere. But having an attitude of a servant, understanding who he is, that what he has and what he is doing is as a result of the grace of God that God has given him, and that therefore he is the one who is able to uh, serve uh, with a heart and attitude uh, as a servant of God. And that's, and that's the way James was at this point. And so he says, bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes who are dispersed abroad. In other words, he was, because this is a, uh, remember I was talking, this is addressed to Jewish uh, folks. This is addressed to folks who are, how do I say it, uh, who are of Jewish uh, nature. And if you look at Acts chapter 8, it talks about uh, the dispersion. Um, that because of persecution in the Jerusalem church, if you read Acts chapter 8, it talks about how people from the church, from the Jerusalem church, were dispersed abroad. And so that may be what James is referring to, uh, because they were spread abroad. And because that was a Jewish, because folks of that, uh, at that time were predominantly Jewish, then what, what happened to Jewish Christians, they were having... Uh, called proselytes who, who came over and put their faith in the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They were um, they were dispersed uh, throughout um, the different parts and regions of the world at that time. So that's who they're talking about. So that and that's what part of the persecution was, is that they were dispersed from their city, from where they were in Jerusalem, and so they were spread abroad and gone out into various regions of the world at that time. So, um, and it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. That sounds, that sounds like a, an oxymoron, doesn't it? Sounds like, consider it all joy. How can you have joy when you face various trials, um, encounter various trials? Uh, trials and difficulties. And especially like these, being dispersed from their homeland, being dispersed from their city, being dispersed from going to other regions and going to new areas where um, knowing that they were doing that, doing so because they were persecuted for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So how can you consider something joy, uh, joyful when you're being moved from your, forcefully moved from your, from your home, forcefully moved from the area where you were? being persecuted because you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were going through various shops. How can you have joy? The joy that, you know, that, that deep down inner uh, sense of, uh, of uh, joy inside. It's not, it's not more so like happiness, but it's, it's a deep inner, um, like, I, I, I'm, ha I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm having, there's a, a deep sense of excitement in your heart. Even though there's things going on around you, there's a joy in your heart saying, yeah, I, I, I love God, and I know God, and I'm, I'm His, and He is mine. And 
Um, uh, and there's a, a genuine, deep-rooted um, sense in our hearts that we have that, 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 that deep-rooted joy in our souls. Amen? Um, so, consider it all joy. So, how can you have joy in the midst of that? That seems really ironic. It's not ironic, but like I said, like an oxymoron, where how can we have that in the midst of that? And that's what God is saying. We may not have been dispersed. We may have not been driven from our home, but we face trials and difficulties all the time, don't we? We face things that are going on in our lives, especially nowadays, where we're struggling. And, God, and what James is saying here to God's people is that uh, consider it a joy that you're going through the trials. Consider it a joy that you're going through these difficulties and these things. Consider it a joy when you're facing things that have been going on. You know, and I, I even look at my own life, and over the past uh, couple of, a year and a half or so, and the difficulties and the things that my, myself and my family have gone through. And, and it's been tough, and it hasn't been easy. But what James is saying, is for me and for all of us, is, is that consider it joy. Because it's, it's the attitude, and what he's saying is, the attitude with which you face something, or with, with which you, how you view something, can make all the difference in the world, can If you're going through a difficulty in a circumstance, a situation, if you have a negative attitude, if you have a bad attitude, if you have a, uh, 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 a depressed attitude in the midst of it, that can make it that much more difficult. But if you have an attitude of joy which comes from the Lord, in the midst of it, that can change your whole perspective on things, can That can change the whole demeanor of your character, can it? It can. It can, it can, it can. And so when we have that joy in the midst of our trials, not to, um, that it can help us to be able to be able to, um, to have an attitude where, okay, I can do this. I can get through this. I can uh, overcome this. And I think that that's really important to have. So what James is saying is, have joy. Consider all joy when you're going through trials. Why? Because it's going to go on here. It says, knowing that, verse 3, that the testing of your faith produces endurance. So that when our faith is tested in our trials, in other words, when you go through that fire, when you go through that fire, and you go through those difficulties, and you go through those trials, and you go through the things that you're going through, and you don't understand it, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. In other words, how is gold refined? It's refined in the fire. And then, the, and then the, the one who does the refining goes in there, he puts it, it goes, through, it goes in the oven, and then he takes it and he skims off all the impurities, skims off all the all the things, all the, the impurities that would be in the gold, so that when it comes out, it becomes what? It becomes pure gold. But it only happens when? When? Through the fire. So it's and and so the the trials that we face produce um, is is to purify us, but it's also to teach us endurance. If you never had to, um, if you never had to exercise, if you never had to uh, do anything that required any difficulty, if you in order to get through the end, sometimes it would be really difficult, wouldn't it? How many of us have ever done something and it was really, 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 really hard and, and you didn't feel like doing it, you didn't feel like you could 
make it through. But as you did it, as you made it up in your mind to be able to do it, what happened? That you um, were able to build up an endurance. In other words, runners do this. They, uh, the more they, the more they practice, the more they exercise, they build up a certain endurance, don't they? And it's the same way it is with us through trials. As we uh, go through trials, as we go through difficulties, as we um, endure, we build up a, a strong endurance so that when the trials get difficult and they get hard, we're able to do what? We're able to bear up underneath it. We're able to um, have that strength. We're able to have those spiritual muscles, so to speak, um, so that we can persevere uh, through whatever comes our way. Because if our, if our faith is never tested, we'll never become strong, will we? We'll never have endurance. So and our faith is often tested through our trials, and as we go through our trials, we build up that endurance, don't we? As we look to the Lord, as we persevere to the Lord, uh, through the Lord. And that's so important, to have that endurance. In other words, the, the Christian life is not a sprint, it's what? It's often called, it's called a marathon. And so for a marathon, you need what? You need endurance, don't you? Uh, a marathon runner just doesn't decide to go out and run the race. He needs to build up that endurance so that he can go the whole, the whole 26.2 miles uh, that he's called to do. And he doesn't do it overnight, but he does it. It happens over time. In the same way, trials produce that endurance in us as we persevere in the Lord. Let's go on here. And let endurance have its perfect result so they may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So let endurance have its perfect result. Endurance, so, in other words, let the endurance that you're building up, let it have its perfect result. Let it finish what it's accomplished to do. Like with a marathon runner, with a person who is exercising. What they're trying to do is that, um, their perfect result is, is that they're able to run that race and run the best that they can. Run that 26.2 miles, the best that they can do it, um, and be able to do it with with strength and with with confidence, and be able to, to get through it. And so, because that's their purpose, and that's their mind, and that's their mind is that they, they can finish the best in the race that they can, um, not just uh, like just walk across the line and not finish at all, but be able to finish the race and finish, finish it completely. But you need again, you need that endurance. So. In order to do that, um, God wants us to have um, that endurance so that we can be what? So that we can have, we can be perfect and complete. So when we go through trials and when we endure those trials, it, build, it builds up um, endurance and then it makes us perfect and complete. Ready for what? Ready for when we go home to be with the Lord. Ready to face trials. Ready to face difficulties. Ready to face things that come along in our lives. Ready to face things that happen. And so the, the reality is, is that God wants us, what's God's, perfect, uh, what's God's purpose for us? He wants us to be perfect and complete. He wants us to be perfect and complete. We'll be perfect and complete when we go home to be with Him, but we, the process of doing it along the way um, helps as we endure, as we go through those trials, and we go through those trials joyfully, and as we persevere through those trials, what happens? We build up the endurance, and then we become what? Perfect. Complete. In other words, the idea that we become more like Christ, we become more like Him, we become more. How did Jesus face those trials? How did Jesus face those temptations? How did Jesus 
He was perfect and complete. He endured. He went through those things and he built up that strength and that endurance um, that he um, was able to um, resist temptation. He was perfect in every way and he was, uh, and, and he was able to overcome um, because he had the, the confidence and he had the strength in his father and he was able to um, and he was able to be perfect and complete, being able to do what he was called to do. And he calls for us to be able to do the same in our own lives. We'll never, we'll be on this side of earth, we'll never be like Jesus, but we can, uh, uh, we can actually try and by his grace to be able to uh, achieve that, that goal of, of being perfect and complete, enduring to the end until we go home to be with him. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's go on to our second point. Wisdom and faith. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Often in trials and difficulties, we need to know what to do, don't we? It's that wise idea of knowing, well, what do I do? How do I do it? What am I going to do here? Because we often have, often what leads to doubt sometimes is the idea that, well, I don't know, I don't know what to do. What's the, what are the, the what ifs? What are the, uh, what if this? What if this? What if this? The unknowns. So, and that produces what fear sometimes does. And so often, we ask of God um, to give us wisdom in the trial and the difficulty. Well, God, show me what to do. God, help me to do what you call me to do. Help me, God. I don't know what to do. God, show me. Uh, asking for wisdom, and, and we really believe in our hearts that as we ask, He's going to do what? He's going to show us what to do. He's going to give us that wisdom, that understanding to be able to, to know what to do, how to proceed, how to go, what, what to say, what to do, um, what's going to come, and we need that, don't we? And th that brings reassurance, because when we know God's wisdom, we know God's direction, when we know God's leading, that brings reassurance and peace to our soul, doesn't it? Because we know that God's here. But as we as we ask for that, it says, "Let him ask God." So that's a command. It says here, James says, "If you don't, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God." He says to do that. He tells us to do that. But we does say, um, it says, when we ask him to do that, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if we ask for wisdom. How does God give us gives wisdom? He gives it to us what generously, doesn't he? Knowing what to do, knowing how to knowing how to proceed, knowing the direction that he wants us to go and how to proceed and where he wants us to be. And so this is a really important um, I think piece here is knowing your God. If you want wisdom in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your difficulties, in the midst of things that are going on, um, Ask God. Say, God, give me wisdom. Knowing that he's going to do what? He's going to give to all generously and without reproach. In other words, he's going to give you what you need in order to show you what to do, how to do it, and proceed with following it. And that's really important because that shows that if you know your God, if you know your Savior, if you know the one whom you love and you serve, he's going to give you that which is good. I talked about that several weeks ago 
about God giving what is, is good. So if we ask for wisdom, he's going to do what? He's going to give that which is good to us. In other words, he's going to give generously, and he's going to give um, without reproach. In other words, he's going to give it to us. That's knowing your God. That's that relationship that you built up with your God. You have a relationship with God. You know that he's going to do that, aren't you? You know that, okay, I have confidence in my God because I've built a relationship with Him. I know that He's going to do that. And I know that He's, I can trust Him to do that because God has shown Himself and proved Himself o'er and o'er, like the song says, like the hymn says. And so He's proven Himself and, he's, and He can be trusted, can't He? So if God, if we ask God for something, He's going to give, he's going to give us that which is good for us. He's going to give that which um, we ask of him according to his will. He's going to, we need the wisdom, he's going to give us the wisdom and the right wisdom and the right direction to proceed. It may not be what we want. We're looking for wisdom and we're thinking that wisdom is something else, but he's saying, no, this is the wisdom that I'm giving you and this is the wisdom that I, I want you to have. So we need to trust our God to know that he's going to give us that which is best and specifically here, um, and what to do, and wisdom, what to do. Um, well, we must ask in faith without doubting. In other words, oh God, what do I do? God, what do I do? God, this is too hard. Uh, the bills are coming in. Um, I don't have enough food. I don't have enough understanding. God, what do I do? Um, I'm not feeling good, God. What do I do? How do I do this? Um, my, I'm, I just, I'm really struggling right now, God, with, with um, not being able to reach out to people emotionally and mentally. And I'm just really struggling right now. God, what do I do? God, what do I do? And asking for his wisdom. Say, God, what do I do? In the midst of your trial. And what does God do? God answers us. Won't he? But we need to trust him that he'll answer us. Without doubting. You can't. What you're saying to God is, is that if you ask God for something and then you doubt, it's like saying, God, I don't truly trust you. Give me what I'm asking you for. It's like God's unable to do that or God's unable to give that which uh, we're, we're asking him for. In other words, we're saying we don't trust you, God, to give that which is, I don't think it's, it, it, it's able, and you're able to do that. Or, I don't trust you, because I don't understand. Or, I don't, I'm not trusting you to give my way. Again, God doesn't always give stuff us our way. He gives us stuff his way. We need to trust him to do that. But if we doubt, if we doubt, and we ask God for that wisdom, and knowing what to do and how to do it, What's going to happen here? Let's, no, okay, let's go on here in verse... Um, um, but for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. I grew up, I grew up on the ocean. I grew up uh, living not far from, uh, maybe about three blocks away from the beach. And I remember as a child, I remember um, the storms and the hurricanes we used to get on the beach. And it would rip up boardwalks, and it would be very scary. I would see the aftermath, and I would see all the, all the, you know, the, the things that have gone on, and all the homes that were damaged, and all the rain, 
And, um, and so it was really, 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 really scary as a, as a, young, as a young child. But I remember often looking at the ocean because I would, I would um, before even before a hurricane would come, I remember like a, um, like a storm, it would be, the wind would blow the, would blow the water on the ocean. It would blow the waves, and sometimes the waves would get really large, and the waves would get really big. Now, this was even before the storm even came. This was like a prelude to the, to the storm. And I remember as a kid, that was pretty scary looking. And the wind just blew the, the water wherever it wanted to. The ocean, as big as it is, the ocean as powerful as it is, the storm would able, the wind from the storm would able to blow the waves, blow the water wherever it wanted to. It was a pretty powerful image, in my mind, of what the wind could do. Um, the wind could knock down trees. We saw that this past week. In my neighborhood, I saw that. So it's pretty powerful. But when we doubt, we're like the wind, allowing the wind just to push it back wherever we go, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's pushing us around. The storm pushing us around. The trials pushing us around. Because we're doubting who? We're doubting God. Whereas the whole purpose of the storm, the whole purpose for us asking God in the midst of the storm, for asking for wisdom, is so that we can find stability, isn't it? It's to find uh, strength, to find uh, what we need. But the exact opposite happens when we doubt, doesn't it? We find that we get that instability, we get that Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we don't find any resolve. We don't find any peace. We don't find the joy. We don't find what we need in the midst of the trial when we doubt God. God wants to provide security in our lives. So he does. As a good father, he wants to provide that security. As a good father, he wants to provide for his children so they know that they're taken care of and provided for. Doesn't he? He does. And we need to understand that. So when we ask him for wisdom, we need to trust him that he's going to do it. Do we doubt? Do we have moments of doubt? Sure, but none of us are perfect. We're striving to be perfect, as we were talking about, but um, we need to ask him, God, I need wisdom. I need to know what to do. Show me what to do, how to do it. Whatever it is, you need to ask him for it. Know that he's going to give it to you without doubt. Again, are we going to struggle with our faith sometimes? Yes. But we need as much as possible on his grace to trust him. Thank God I trust you, even though I don't understand, even though I don't understand what's happening or what's going to be going on. I know that somehow, some way, I know that you're going to you're going to bring me through, and your answer is right, and when your direction is correct, and you're going to lead me in the right way, um, so that um, what's going to happen in my life is going to be for my good, and you're going to bring me through. And you're going to bring us through. Let's go on here. And it says here it says. For that man, verse 7, ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. When we doubt God, what do we bring in our lives? We bring instability. When we bring instability in our lives, we can't expect that we're going to receive anything from God. Because we're doubting what he said. 
He wants us to be able to trust Him. He wants us to be able to say, yeah, God, you're faithful. God, what you say you're going to do, um, you're going, what you promise you're going to keep, the promises are yea and amen, I know that. I know that um, in the midst of the storm, uh, you're going to carry me through. Even if you don't take the storm away, you're still going to carry me through. You're going to bring me through. You're going to give me and show me what I need to do in order to get through this. So I can be the person that you want me to be. So I can be the, the individual that you want me to be. So I can learn how to endure it. So I can be strong. So I can be uh, the believer that, so when you come, I can hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, and turn to the rest. So that's what God wants to do. There's a purpose behind what we go through. But God wants to give us what we need, but at the same time, we need to be able to trust Him that He's going to do that. Amen? It's a matter of trust, folks. It's a matter of trust. And God is capable, and more than capable, He spoke the world, He spoke the universe into existence. Um, he's able to do... He's able to, whatever situation we're in, he's able to do it, folks. But he's able to um, create the flowers. And he's able to create the human mind or the human body or all the creatures, the uniqueness of the creatures. Um, is he not able to bring us through this trial that we're going through? Is he not able to give us what we need to get through? Is he not able to help us to be able to endure and to be the people um, that he wants us to be? And, rather than just limping across the finish line, sprinting across the finish line. You know, and, and that's how he wants us to do it. But it comes with us trusting him and not doubting him. Because if we doubt, we can't expect that we're going to receive anything from him. We need to trust him that when we do it, when, he, when we ask him, he's going to give us the, the answers that um, he's going to give us that which he wants us to have. Amen. Okay, let's go on here. Verses 9 through 12, perseverance. Um, but the brother of humble circumstances is the glory in his high position, and the rich man is the glory in his humiliation. Why is it that seems kind of ironic? Um, the brother of humble circumstances, in other words, the one that doesn't have that much, is the glory in his humble means, in his humble position, in his high position. Um, because in God's eyes, he's in a high position. Why is he in a high position? Because he doesn't necessarily have a lot that he can put his trust in. But his trust is in who? It's in the Lord. And when his trust is in the Lord, he does what? That's a high position because you're not looking to what you have materially. You're not trusting in the things that you have materially or physically. But your trust is in him who can provide all those things for you. So, think about that. If you're trusting in your... If you're trusting in your um, material things to get you through, your finances, or whatever else you're trusting in, is it, are you really strong? Is that going to really get you through? What happens if there's a downturn in the economy and you lose it all? What then? What happens if you have difficulties um, and then you lose everything? What then? What I'm saying is that 
Um, ultimately, for the, the individual who doesn't have very many means, much means, his position is he has a high position because of his trust in the Lord. And the same thing is true for the man of wealth. There's nothing wrong with having wealth. But for the rich man, a man of rich man, his trust needs to be in whom? In the Lord. Not in the things that God has so blessed him with, but his trust needs to be in, in God who can take care of him and meet all his needs so that if he loses it, his he still has everything he needs because his trust is in God. So God provides richly and generously and he gives to all. Uh, and he gives to all bountifully for all of us. And he wants us to understand that knowing that we, our trust shouldn't be necessarily in the things that we have or in our, our bank account or in our material possession or in our knowledge or in our understanding but our trust is to be in whom? In Him. Because ultimately if our trust is in Him, He's going to get us through stuff, isn't He? He's going to take care of us. He's going to provide for us. He's going to do whatever He's going to do um, because he is the one who's in control because our trust is in him. And ultimately, that's what he's saying here in this whole passage for us. Ultimately, what he's saying is, is that our trust needs to be in him during trials. Our trust needs to be in him during difficulties. Our trust needs to be in him during the things um, when we don't understand things, and when things are going bad, and when things are really challenging for us, and we don't know, we don't understand what to do. Our trust needs to be in him, folks. It cannot be in our circumstance. It cannot be in the things that we have. It cannot be. It has to be in Him. Well, let's look at our last verse here, folks. In verse 12. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. But once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to those who love. To persevere is to, is to follow through, is to press on is to um, endure, is to come through the other side. It's not to give up, it's not to give in, it's not to capitulate, but it's to give, but it's to persevere under the, the trials and the difficulties uh, that we face. In other words, you don't give in to your circumstances, but you embrace uh, your trust and your hope and your faith in God, and then what does He do? He helps us to persevere. He helps us to get through. He helps us to find uh, things that we need in order to endure and to press through and to press on and to come through on the other side. So we're running like this. We're running. We're persevering no matter how we feel, no matter how we, no matter how hard things are, no matter how difficult things are. We persevere. We press through. Um, I've shared this illustration before, but this is a great illustration. Um, there was a, a runner um, during the 1924 Olympics. Um, I don't know if you saw the movie or read the book Chariots of Fire. But the reality was Mr. Little, I, I, his first name escapes me, um, was, a, uh, was a runner. He was a distance runner, but he was running in a race that he wasn't familiar with. And so, um, but he did it because of, he, had, he had reasons for doing that. But he ended up falling down on the ground. Uh, towards, he's coming out of the gate, and then somewhere along the race, 
he ends up falling down and tripping. And then he watches the pack of people running ahead of him just taking off. And at that point, he could have looked at his circumstance and said, you know what, I don't have a chance. There's no way that I'm going to be able to finish this race. There's just no way. There's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to do this. But he looked at the crowd, and this man was a believer, and he said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to get up. He looked at the crowd, and then he got up, and he started running as fast as he could, as hard as he could. He ran, and he ran, and he ran, and he ran, and he ended up winning that race. A race that he had never raced before, and, um, and a race that he could have just given up on, and a race that, by all means, should not have won, but he did. But he persevered under his trial, running in uh, a race that he wasn't familiar with, falling down and stumbling. But he gets back up and he definitely runs again. The same way it is in our Christian faith. God desires that we have that perseverance in our walk, in our relationship with that present. We're going to fall down. We're going to face trials. We're going to face difficulty. It's a part of this Christian life, isn't it? It is. And things are going to come and things are going to face us. And, and things are going to be challenging. We're not going to know what to do. But what God calls us to do is not to necessarily look at our circumstances. Yeah, you can look at your circumstances and see what they are. And you can embrace them. And then you can look to your God and say, I'm looking to you, God. And I'm believing you and I'm trusting you that you're going to bring me through and I'm going to do all that I can by your grace to give me what I need in order to get through this and to persevere and to overcome. And what we do is that we build up strength, like the endurance I talked about. And we become Christians who do what? Sprint across that line with our chest out, coming across that line, running strong, running hard in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our difficulty, and saying, and we hear God on the other side saying, well done, good and faithful, sir. Let's prepare for you. Let's finish up here. It says, Once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord promised to those who love. In other words, God's going to give you that crown. Talk about those crowns in Revelation, in the Revelation. The crowns that we'll receive. But the reality is, is that I want that crown. I hope that you all want that crown, those crowns too. So let's run across that finish line. Let's persevere in the midst of our trials. Let's face those trials head on, have the endurance. Let's have the faith to trust Him to show us what to do and to do what He's going to tell us to do. And then run with perseverance and finish that race strong. Not crawling across the line, but finishing strong across that line and being the people that he wants us to be, because that's ultimately what he's called us to do, isn't it? Finish strong in our faith, and finish strong as his people, and to be the people he's called us to be. Amen? Because that's, and that's what, and ultimately when people see that, that's what's going to be attractive to people. In our faith, and talk about, as believers, what do people see in us as believers? Do they see us giving up on things? Do they see us capitulating and giving in on things? 
whether they see us um, enduring things and going through it with joy, um, and, and, and do they see us persevering through things? Do they see that? And when they, if, if they see that, then they're going to see that. And then it gives us the opportunity to do what? Disappoint to Jesus. So the, it's because of Jesus. Because it's not because of anything I have or anything I said or anything I know. It's because of Him. Because He gives me everything I need in order to get through what I'm, I'm going through. And that helps people. Especially now time, nowadays, people need that hope. People need to know that, um, how am I going to get through this? Well, we can get through it with the help of Jesus, can't they? And they see that in us, it gives us the opportunity to be able to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. And that they too can have what they need in order to get through what they're going through. Because their God will take care of them when they put their faith and their trust in Him. So let's live as strong Christians. Let's live as bold Christians. Let's persevere. Let's not give up. Let's endure all the way to the end, running with joy. And then, you know, 